0: A lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Done. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm sitting with the lovely Chanel Kelly. Somebody who, in my mind, has left an extremely powerful imprint on this community that I found myself in 12 years ago. That there's no way, no doubt in my mind, has changed this place in so many ways because. There is basically Gigante before Chanel when I was here, and then Gigante after Chanel who arrived. And with that said, it was it was essentially her coming to town and bringing everybody with her <laughs> and, and doing a great job of selling tons of land and everything like that. So Chanel is definitely somebody I think that needs to come on and tell her story because she's hands down the best saleswoman I've ever seen, and she's also a colorful character. In the town of higante so with that said welcome to the show chanel
1: hey thanks
0: (laughs) (laughs) but seriously i mean there is in the history of higante there will be pre chanel and post chanel yeah in the sense that you came here and single-handedly sold most of dale dagger's property Mm -hmm. episode four um for those who want to listen to it and Mm -hmm. really kind of brought this whole canadian contingent into higante that is now higante i mean Everybody is related to you within a few degrees of separation. Like some say, it's six degrees of separation for you. Most of the people here, are like two to three, yeah. or directly, like somehow we're brought here because of you, and that's pretty remarkable. I yeah. mean, Dale's had a lot of years of trying to sell property, and like, and then you showed up and sold a lot of it. So, yeah. I mean, let's kind of start with that and just
1: okay.
0: how you came to Higante originally.
1: Okay, so. Hmm. I think it was 10, like around 10 years ago came,
0: but how, I, like, I mean, okay. You so just I lived in Hawaii
1: sh- for a couple of years and then Mexico for a couple of years. And then I was looking for like cheap land, a place to like move and, and have the lifestyle. I'd met expats in, in Mexico that were like, I'm going to, I bought this property years ago and I made a million dollars and I've been here forever. And I'm like, I'm going to find the next town. So I, Everyone said El Salvador or Nicaragua. So then I came to Nica. Yeah, and but I like, had they Google said try Nicaragua. Okay. But I it. looked looked it up kind of. And then I was like, okay, there's this dude that keeps popping up, Dale Dagger. Dale Dagger's got cheap land, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to message this, this guy and see who he is. And then he was like messaging me back. And so I planned my trip to Nica, showed up, went to San Juan first thing. Um went to a hostel there that that next morning woke up and the hostel guy had messaged a real estate agent in the area which is carl hot carl was home and he took us all over the coast and he showed us property after property i came with my friend and he or my boyfriend at the time and he uh, the town i liked the most was Higante and carl's like no 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 <laughs> You don't want to move to Higante. It's like the shittiest town on the whole coast. You wanna to go to Santana or Iguana or somewhere awesome a gated community. And I was like, No, I like this shitty little fishing village. And then I went back to San Juan and didn't buy anything from Carl. And then Dale said, Well, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send my girl up with one of my guys and come pick you guys up and we're gonna take you bring you to Higante. So then Renee and Cassidy, who is my best friend now, and she was living in San Juan, escorted us up to Gigante, and <laughs> was like, fate just played out. Met Dale, met Cassidy, loved this little fishing village, saw so much potential in it, and was like, one day this place is going to blow up. So I was like, we'll take a leap of faith. Dale show me a... Um, Yoga lot, we called them out and I just said, Okay, that's the one I want. Then I think I stayed a month, went back to Canada, came back again, moved into Casa Cole next door, and actually met you.
0: Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I saw you and uh James James walking down the beach and being in Gigante for a year and a half at this point. I think it's two thousand six ish when you came into town. Yep and there weren't other gringos especially girls no. that were in town. <laughs> Definitely you no. You know, really. I hadn't been laid in like 9 months or <laughs> something like this and like yeah you, there's Chanel with her boyfriend's like whoa like that's crazy who's this and yeah. and then and you were here to stay which was interesting as well because again like you point out like this was a very small fishing village. Nobody was around. We just happened to be here doing our surf tours at a yeah. weird time in so history. So basically and... the
1: only thing back then was GFS and Dale Dagger Surf Camp. And yeah. But Dale Dagger was just... wasn't even
0: here. Like it was his yeah. hidden bay tours.
1: Yeah. Hidden bay tours.
0: He was in San Juan most of the time and he would send people out. Yeah.
1: Him and Cassidy kind of hid out in San Juan and where the uh, life was. But I saw that there was going to be, there's resorts kind of around. Aqua was in its first initial movement. Iguana was really early on. There was six houses or something in there at the time, like very small amount and, and Santana was small. Everything was small, but I could see the development happening and I thought this is going to be the town that will have, it'll be public. Nicaraguans live there. There'll be shopping. There'll be bars and restaurants like every other town in the rest of, you know, beach town in the world. And then there'll be, everyone from these resorts will come here and go fishing. They'll come here and go to tours. They'll come here and go shopping. They'll come here and eat out and party. So I was like, this is where I'm going to buy. This is where I'm going to move. And I did it in like the first week I got here. So I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And my boyfriend's like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, he like, I don't know. He's going along for the ride. He was the nicest, most innocent guy, amazing person. But he was like just kind of following. And he was like, we'll do whatever you think. It's already my kind of decision. And then, yeah, I just kind of thought, I'm doing it. And then I, for some reason, this place struck a chord. And I was like, this is going to happen but little did I know, I was like <laughs> 10 years way too early. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone kind of sniffed out there could be a possibility of something growing here, but no one knew the timeline. Yeah. And yeah, we were all about 10 to 12 years too early. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, mean, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a bakery in you know, deli and all these things. And it's like so early. I like, would we'll go outside and I'm like, one day there's going to be tourists coming here. It's like two weeks and you never see a white person. You're like... <laughs> any day now a person's (laughs) gonna show up (laughs) tourists are gonna come it was like little packs of surfers that would come to our surf lodges and that was it and then there was like really very few tourists coming in so it was a little bit like
0: there wasn't even nicaraguan tourists i mean the monaguans that had money weren't coming out here No,
1: it was it was pretty (laughs) pretty um chill i mean but i think for us like there was a, I don't want to say like a dozen of us that mm-hmm. lived here all the time and it was the best years ever. Yeah. Like we were f- stuck in this jungle together <laughs> and we all became such good friends and the most fun adventures. And it was, I wouldn't trade those days for anything. I agree. It was way better then than it was now. Like I, <laughs> I love it now too, but it's still like those were epic days of challenges. Man, it was such a different time. I know. Dale was the only one that had internet. He was paying like
0: $300 a month to keep the internet. Yeah, he had
1: like the the lines that went. I don't remember what they're called. The cables. Yeah, the cables. Like it was not like satellite even then. Mm -hmm. We had to like pay big money to go from the Copio to to the Surf Lodge. And, um, like if we didn't have him back then, Like, shortly afterwards, Cassidy moved. I met her, and we were, like, two 29-, 30-year-old chicks that just came from two different parts of the world, but with this, you know, same brain, different bodies. We somehow found Dale together and then just... (laughs) besties like instantly because we're like there's no- <laughs> what the fuck are we both doing here <laughs> like we both ended up in this weird town attached to dale and and then i was like you're moving to Higante with me because i'm not staying out here by myself and instantly she became like my best friend and then we just ended up being dale's right hands like his girls and he didn't ask for us i don't think but he got us <laughs>
0: I mean, and yeah, that's a very significant moment in time, too, when you guys teamed up. But yeah. before getting to that, I mean, you're right. Like, there was a, a moment in time, like episode 10, I talk about it, where it's like I reminisced on this period of time that we got to share here as a crew and, like, yep. trying to, and I couldn't let it go. I mean, there's been years where I had to, like, kind of deal with that, internalize, it, and just really just let it go because that Same. was such a beautiful time. And going back to what you're saying, with you know when Cassie, so you kind of came in and you were doing your thing with Dale, helping him yep. with his land developments and his real estate game. Yeah. And you were selling like you came in just like you've been a hustler since day one. Like <laughs> Chanel hits the ground, she starts a cafe, she starts selling things that don't. There's no one here like, to buy. I'm gonna build
1: this town. I'm to <laughs> fucking do it up. I'm gonna like got this property. I got this one. So I started with Dale. He gave me his acopio to live in for that year, and he goes turned into a land office. You're going to sell all my land. And I was like, easy. I was like, $17,000 properties? We can sell that shit all day. And so he's like, okay. So he gave me a place to live for a year for free, which still, if you know him, doesn't... Well, he's generous, but (laughs) not as much anymore. (laughs) He's been taken over. But I think he didn't really know what hit him. Like, all of a sudden, he has these two pretty strong women in his world. So
0: You and Cassidy. Yeah,
1: Cassidy came in to do the the internet stuff, website designing and helping with surf lodge. And I kind of just hit the land sales hard. And, and then he just had these two, we, we call ourselves surrogate daughters where we just burst into his life and he didn't know what to do. And we made him part of our life. So he had to adapt quickly and he was that grateful because we made him a lot of money.
0: Yeah, you did. You, did <laughs> you for know, sure. he's the
1: first one to admit it. Yeah. So,
0: And, you know, with the amount of things that you did when you came into town and, like, the amount that you shaped this town, like, you had come from, you know, Mexico and Hawaii, I believe you said prior to that. Like, were you doing the same things in those places? I mean, I guess Hawaii was already developed, but, like, did you find yourself in a small town in Mexico and kind of approach it in the same hustle manner, like selling real estate and opening cafes and stuff like that?
1: No, I was a lot more chill than... in Hawaii, I work for other people. In Mexico, I was kind of like just living in my van, driving around, and then doing, you know, massages bikini waxes in the back of the van and stuff and just like doing my own kind of making enough to survive. But then when I came here, I was like, all right, I'm going to move here, buy land, take shit seriously. I see so much opportunity in this town. Every single building on this beach I could have opened a business in. I was like, this should be this. This should be this. A laundromat. This should be a bakery. This should be a deli. This should be like... Because that's what you see in every other beach town. So it's like, no one's doing anything. This is going to happen. There's surf right next door. There's surf. We're in a boat-friendly bay where we can take surf a boat to any amazing surf break around here. And no, one, I mean, you guys are doing it at GFS and at Dales, but all these people are going to like where They can't have their boats over there. They're going mm-hmm. to swim out. So these tourists, like, I was foreseeing things. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen faster. Mm-hmm. So I put money in and. In, you
0: started investing in yourself, yeah, and
1: started being like, "This is gonna happen," but 18. I was way too early.
0: Okay, but so I guess I'm trying to get closer to like when you were like, when did you? You're Canadian by birth. You lived in Canada, Canada, <laughs> Canada until until when? When did you leave home?
1: Um, so I kind of started out doing after like high school, living, snowboarding, doing more Canadian lifestyle stuff, and then when I was 21, me and my best friend were like. She was my high school best friend and I was like, let's go to Hawaii. When we graduate, we'll go to Hawaii. And we waited until we were 21 because then we were illegal. Okay. And we went to Hawaii on this, like, we were going to stay for three weeks or a month. And I just was like, what the fuck? Why would I ever <laughs> go back to the mountain? <laughs> like, the beach is amazing. All these, like, pasty white dudes and you know, bundled up. And now all of a sudden I'm on a beach in Hawaii with like half naked, hundred half naked hotties running around. I'm all like, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, I'm just stayed. I never left Hawaii. I think I went back and worked for a month. I lived there two years on the North shore in Oahu. And then after that, I was like, well, I went to school for a bit in Canada for a year. And then I was like, I'm going to change it up and go to go to Mexico and it was cool living in Hawaii because I really got immersed into like the surf vibe because the woman I worked for, Charlene Fu, she was Mark Fu's sister. Mm-hmm. And so I took care of her kids, but I would take her kids to school in Honolulu and in, in Waikiki and I'd stay at their mother's house who was like a shrine to Mark with, all his trophies and everything. Cause everyone was really upset about when he died. And so they put all his stuff in like his wife and everything, put everything into the mom's house because it was too painful memories. So I was surrounded by like Mark Fu pictures, like trophies, all these things. And, and I really got like, I don't know, like connected. I feel like mm-hmm. to that's family. That has a, like a big history to like surf and stuff. And so then I, I don't know, it just kind of resonated and then I felt like part of something. And so then I was like, okay, I like beach, surf. I'm, I gave up the Canadian kind of like way in a way. I just was like, I'm, I'm gonna do something different. So then I went to Mexico, traveled in a van for three years.
0: But were you doing this with somebody when you were traveling in a van?
1: Yeah, I had, um, me and, um, my ex-boyfriend, we, his family had been traveling to Mexico for like 20 years. Every winter they would drive down, spend the winter, and come up and live in a van in a campground in Mexico. Like from
0: Canada, they would drive down. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so then, he would do it too when he was young. And so when we met, he's like, "I'm going down." I was like, "I'll go with you. Let's go." So I checked out Mexico, and that's how it all started. So it's like, okay, Mexico's awesome, but it's expensive. By the so time I was there, how long there, did you drive
0: around Mexico for? Three years. Literally, like three years straight. Yeah, and you but were I would alone. come
1: back to Canada every summer just to, make to like make some money. He would go tree planting, and I would like waitress or bartender or something. And okay. And then So yeah. you
0: would do, what, nine months in Mexico driving around all over Mexico? Or where would you
1: we base yourself? We spent, like, I think a year and a half in, in Celita. Okay. And then changed it up. We went to La Ticla Okay. for a year and a half. Or a year, maybe a bit more. And then we went to Saladita, which was awesome, okay. rad, long, quirky. Carol lives there. He's an <laughs> awesome friend, super fun. It was a really fun, long, long wave, and you know, it was a fun place to live. But it was like you couldn't afford it. I asked my dad to give me sixty grand to buy a beachfront property in Saladita, and he's like, "Mexico sucks, it's criminal, blah blah blah. Khan's pretty sketchy, still." And so he never gave me the money. And then I told him like two years later, "Well, now it's worth that sixty grand property is worth four hundred grand, you dumbass." And so and then when I went to Nicaragua, he's all like, "Here you go, buy whatever you want." Like he would still be like, "Trust in me." Well, it didn't quite boom the same, but it will.
0: <laughs> yeah and it is It I mean, is
1: now <clears throat> 10 years later
0: yeah it's funny were you always like traveling as a kid like what gave you this bug to travel in this way especially i mean that's really big contrast going from canada Can- <laughs> canada to uh, <laughs> canada. uh hawaii hawaii mm-hmm. and then mexico
1: um no our family didn't travel tons but my um maybe call it the- family background is Irish Italian and my Italian side of the family is gypsies
0: like, like real gypsies yeah
1: that traveled a lot in like through through Italy but they you know crossed over to Austria and they're like more nor- more northern Italians and so they would i think in my blood like honestly like i feel like it comes down the line sometimes in your family genealogy but like it wasn't that long ago so I always had the spirit for it mm-hmm. as a child. And I think my parents were the type of people that were never stifled me. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, once in a while there's a wild kid in the family and it was always me. And I always describe myself as like, I wasn't the black sheep because I was never like, you know, shunned or hated or anything. I was like the tie-dyed one, you know, that was always up to something. I never. All my cousins were like, you know, super intellectual and learned three languages before they were eight and were like, you know, pianists or whatever. And it was always kind of like a bit of a shit, like never mm-hmm. really achieved too high at anything, but was into everything. And so I think my parents just let me be, let me be me. They were amazing people. They were super open. My mom was more strict than my father, but they were a good balance. Mm-hmm. And so I never you know, turned out too bad and I never (laughs) turned out too good either. (laughs) But they're always proud and they, I keep the sense of adventure in the family and make them, they always say like they're happy that they had me because I keep them young and alive and doing stuff they would never do before. Like they would never come to Nicaragua mm -hmm. and they came like the first year maybe after I was here, they came down to, flew into Managua and I'm like, okay, I'm sending a taxi for you and they, back then the road was so bad after TOLA you remember? Yeah. And there was, it was like, took hours to get from Tola to here. It was like the worst logging road of, of all time times 10. Just you had to go 20 sometimes through these huge potholes and they would, they were like, well shit, the taxi cab's going to take us somewhere and kill us. Cause they didn't know where they're turning off like a road onto like this horrible gravel road. And hours later arrive in some beach where I hope their daughter might be living and then they got here and they were like, what? And they were super cool. Like, they sat up, they lived in the copio, they took care of Dale's household. I, I took off for Semana Santa and left them here once. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hate Semana Santa and Nigante, I'm out of here. And I went to Puerto Rico <laughs> for a week and left them in Dale's copio. <laughs> like, the first or second time they ever came here. And they had to <laughs> fend off crazy, drunk Nicaraguan's coming. I was here for that when, uh, or, when,
0: um, Andreas got macheted yes, in the front and, yard. And
1: Cassidy would send me like messages and <laughs> online being like, so your Queen Adora's finger got chopped off today and your dad chased after some dudes with a pitchfork <laughs> in his underwear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: your mom chased down some people who stole the volleyball net and everything's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, Cool. Okay. Take care of them. I'll be back in a couple of days. <laughs>
0: I remember that. That was a wild one. That was a wild smana Santa.
1: Yeah, that was. It was when there was not much, like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're so resourceful in so many ways. You know, you have a hustle that is not comparable to many people I meet. And, like, where do your interests lie, though? I mean, you said you went to school. Where did you go to school to study?
1: Well, I took aesthetics because I thought it's either I'm going to be a bartender or I'm going to work in a spa. And probably it's nicer to work in, like, some nice hotel spa and, you know, give massages and facials and stuff than hustling on bar all the time, which was, was true. It's been an amazing skill that I've taken everywhere, but. Yeah, it's kind of
0: nice to have that. You can do what you do on a beach anywhere.
1: Facials, waxing, manicures, pedicures, everything. And it's like a little, like, kind of independent, you know, business.
0: On the road. You make good money.
1: Yeah. It's good. It's decent income. And especially when you're working at a high end resort, you make really good money. But I think where my, my, what I like to do is I see the potential. So, for instance, we're sitting in John's house, and this is John runs the hostel. Gigante Bay. Gigante Bay or El Camino. Or Camino it's Gigante, it. yeah. And so I I just saw all this potential. I see these empty houses on a beach that's one day going to blow up. So I'm like, I'm going to put a cafe in here. I'm a juice bar. I'm going to put a surf shop. There's no one can buy wax here. There's nowhere to go and do anything. Like, I want these services. And there's nowhere in this town to get them. So I just kept seeing these ideas and then I'd see an empty house. I'm like, let's turn it into this. And then another opportunity would show up. And I love the creative process. I love to see a space, make it into something, make it awesome. And then, then I don't want to work there. (laughs) 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 I just want to make it, create it, work there for a little bit and then pass it on or something. But the problem is you make something, you put all this time in like Dale, no offense, but he saw me turn the copio into something awesome. And now all of a sudden he's like, I want the copio back. And it's like, okay, you turned the hostel into something else. someone else wants it. Like the owners want, they see the potential you've created in their space and they want this space back. So for me, it was hard because I kept trying to do something and then not, I didn't own the property. I mm-hmm. needed to own it to be able to keep it going. But in the end, it all kind of worked out because I feel like everyone that took over different spaces, Cassidy took over the surf shop and did it in the, um, pulperia and how we kind of took over Dale's and did something like it all just evolved naturally. And it ended up being like this town was created from starting like a spark Mm -hmm. idea and someone like me or India or Cassidy or you or whoever Jack and, Zach and Carol just making little sparks lighting up a town. Cause before I remember Dale telling me this story where he would come on his sailboat and he'd see one light bulb in this bay. And then we come and we light off little sparks that mm-hmm. now all of a sudden there's another light bulb, another one, another one. And we've grown this town as like a community and like this peer group of people that ended up here from all different walks of life. And we're like, how do we get here? Yeah. <laughs> and we all became like best friends and got along and had like, it's an amazing adventure together that
0: was, yeah. like, epic. What would you say your most successful venture has been thus far, in Nicaragua specifically? Was it the real estate or, like, a specific shop? Because you've opened multiple shops. I mean, you've had multiple surf shops in multiple locations. Yeah. You've had multiple cafes in multiple locations. Is there one that's actually made you the kind of money that you had <laughs> thought it would? Or? Fuck
1: no. Yeah. it's no money to me. I mean, I was never in it for the money. And so it's actually happened, like i enjoy yeah like the process of it and the experience of it so recently i had opened, my last restaurant i did was in iguana and i thought we'll oh, go for the money this time because in higante it was not that much money but in iguana i'm like there's you know people with cash and it like, would probably be a bit more lucrative and it was for sure but in the end i realized it, you know when when they transfer business sometimes and people say, oh, you know, it's just business. It's nothing personal. To me, it's not. There's no separation. I don't do it for business or money. I do it for... Because I want to do it. It's fun for me. I like it. It's sure it's shit sometimes, but it's... I feel like people, shitty business people, say that as an excuse to fuck someone over. Like, I think that... No, everything you do in life is you. So mm-hmm. if you want to screw someone over and blame it on business, you can't. That's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I feel like every, I would rather never make a dime and have a good experience, keep my good friends, never, you know, like I, to me, that's more important. And it's been a little bit tricky doing that, especially doing business with friends. Mm-hmm. But, worth it like at the end of the day i have to go home and be like or i have to you know live the rest of my life and be like i that business wasn't that important but like my friends are or why sleep at night is more important so i think probably the most yeah i to answer your question the most lucrative was probably doing land for dale i mean he made more money than i did but i mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i got my property out of it and i
0: but you've bought and sold property yourself, and I think always for a profit as well, mm-hmm. which I think, I mean, just from yeah. our conversation, you've done pretty well with that too.
1: Yeah, that was a cool experience, buying a house up on the hill and opening Castles Well and kind of finishing the construction that the Stanfords and Ezra started mm-hmm. and turning it into a really cool house and then handing it over to Troy and Lisa. That was a good flip. Yeah. But... um
0: did you do any of this in Mexico? Like, did you have the same model or you were just a hippie in no, a van? This
1: was just, yeah, I was a van hippie and I had dreams. But I was mm-hmm. still young then. Yeah. It's like when you hit your 30s, you're like, okay, time to get your shit together and do something yeah. <laughs> with your life. <laughs> Where your parents are like, what the hell?
0: Have you ever been scared through all these adventures? I mean, you're pretty out there doing your things. Like, you don't re- you go pretty full on into it.
1: I think in your 20s, you feel like you're a little bit more invincible. In your, when I came here, I wasn't really scared. I was like totally stoked to come here and very fearless and just went for it. And, it, but there were times where it was difficult and I had like anxiety, I mm-hmm. think. But I think right, because I came from such supportive parents, like I would, if I was feeling scared or anxious about something, I'd call them and be like, I don't know if I can do this. And they're like, yeah, you can. What the hell? Like, If you don't do it, what are we going to come stay? And I'm all like, oh, okay. And then it just gets you through it. And, and watching my friends, like you guys, being like, oh, well, we... They're doing it. Like, I can't push out. Casty would kick my ass if I started to be, like, crabby about something. <laughs> you never hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, i was like, okay, well, let's just go for it. So, yeah, there's times where it's like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? I see my friends doing other things, getting married, having kids, living lives, paying mortgages, doing stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of a failure. Like I think maybe I'm not doing the right things. I'm not really producing things in life that other people are doing, but they all think I'm doing something cooler than them. So, you know, you just kind of just got to follow your gut.
0: Is that what you're doing now? I mean, you've, you know, you established yourself in Hawaii, you established yourself in Mexico, you established yourself here, but you've always kind of like moved through, you know, like you haven't, I mean, you've like bought and sold, bought and sold. And now, I mean, we can transition the conversation to your next big move, which is amazing. Like we've talked a little bit about it the last hour. and yeah. I mean, tonight at 8 p.m., you get in a van that you've hired to drive you to an, a small island off the coast of Honduras <laughs> yep. with your two dogs, <laughs> all your, your belongings in the whole world packed mm-hmm. in this van, two private drivers, yep. and you're leaving. Like why?
1: Well, like what's going on? you know, it's gypsy blood. Like I've been here a long time. Of course I've come back and forth to Canada a little bit, but I, I feel like I want to stay here with you guys cause I was in my home too. And, but I also want to do some other new things. Like I went to Europe last year and I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to keep traveling. Like I, when you start a business here, you kind of get stuck in it and then you can't, you don't have the freedom to just take off and go. And so selling an anise, I'm like, okay, I'm free. What am I going to do next? And, Part of it is that my parents are getting older and they love to snorkel and swim and Rotan is very Caribbean, nice, calm water stuff. The waters here aren't the best for them. And I want to kind of want to provide for them a place to come and have some life enjoyment. So it's not fully selfish for me, but I also want to dive and I want to, Someone's probably going to give me a crippled dolphin. Like, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Some toothless shark. <laughs> We're talking about it today. But I was like, I don't know. I just kind of want a new adventure. So I'll come back and forth. This is next door country. But yeah, I'm going to get in a van tonight. A couple hours. My two dogs. All my stuff I've left here for the last 10 years. And go to a new place. It's a developed island. Not like it was here back then. But you don't know anyone. It's going to be... I'm landing some house. I don't know where I'm going, a new job. I don't know where I'm doing. <laughs> like, it's kind of a bit anxious. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm <laughs> just drinking mojito being like, leave me in a couple hours to start a new life with no one I know. But it's going to be fun, I think, because if you ever that saying that you, you know, sit on the edge of fear is when you grow. So hopefully this is our comfort zone here now because we've been here so long. But I want to keep, you know, keeping that travel spirit alive and I want you guys to come visit.
0: No, of course. Yeah. I like that saying. You switch. What, what was it? Sit on the Sit edge on of fear. Edge keeps of you growing. Fear,
1: it keeps you growing. Cause it's like you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that pulls you out of your shell and makes you be,
0: I think that's great. I think I've related to that. in Many decisions I've made throughout my life and found that I regretted the ones the most that I, I took the safe route.
1: Yeah. You but know? people like us are addicted. It's like crack because <laughs> That feeling of like, oh my god, oh my god! It's like just before you go on a roller coaster, you're like, oh shit! And you're like, yeah. We get hooked on that because we want the next fix. We want like the next like scare us or like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. push us out of it, and so that we can have that high. Like it is a kind of like an extreme feeling, and most people don't want to. They want it, but they don't know how to get it, or they're they start to feel it and they freak out and they stay in their safety zone. So it's like, a lot of times people come up to me and say. You should write a book about your life. How do you do it? How do you, aren't you scared? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm totally fucking scared. But I'm like, you, you just go like, no one's gonna let you, uh, you know, I'm blonde or, you know, blue eyed white chick. No one's gonna let me starve. <laughs> I like, I'm probably gonna meet someone that's gonna be like, here's a piece of bread and like bust it if I was really screwed or you call your parents or something, but you just go do it figure it out and mm-hmm. your survival in- instincts kick in and you're like okay I'm going to I I got to make some I got to hustle but you either kind of have it or you don't and that's why I think you know 10 years ago or anyone that does lives the way we live we find each other and we bond like it's weird how many people we met here that we actually connect with because mm-hmm. We all have some sort of connection because we're all doing the same kind of like adventurous and spirit lives and Mm. you have, you become friends.
0: When we need each other. Yeah. I mean, our, I don't want to say like survival, but in a sense it is like in the early days before you got here without having Dale here and his knowledge of like boats and, and motors. Yeah. Like our business probably would have failed. You know like him coming in even though I don't think he really liked us in the beginning he wasn't happy we were here (laughs)
1: yeah
0: I think that he was always willing just cuz of sailor law like when the sailors in distress you help that sailor out yeah so he was always there for us even though we didn't socialize whatsoever we knew we could go to him if we had a boat problem and he would help
1: yeah
0: and I think that's just it we're all stuck in this situation We're not stuck we've chosen to be here that we need each other. like yeah. Like family needs Especially
1: them. back then. Like it was so raw here then. It was like so much rougher. Like people think, I see girls show up now and they're like, oh yeah, I just met one the other night and she's like, I've been here three months and you know, like the power went out. I'm like, what, for five seconds? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want to try it out for a month? Or like, you know, like we had nothing. We really all took care of each other and it was so like pioneering. We're like fully pushing the shrubs to the side, like trying to make a life here. And now it's so much easier. Veggies get delivered to your door. Like stuff was like hard. Like it wasn't easy back then. And I remember like when you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to Revis. And it's like a seriously a three hour journey to Revis. And you would really want to help your neighbors because you don't want them to have to do that drive either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if we didn't have Dale, I don't think I would have lasted here yeah like we have to recognize someone for really helping and can you imagine what it was like for him
0: i can't before dale's come like, back by on by himself yeah dale's gonna come back on the next few episodes and we're going to talk more about that because he brought power to this town i mean he paid for every Water. single power breaker in this town
1: yeah and the well yeah they it's, stole it's incredible and had to do another one and another one <laughs> yeah
0: you know and and we all have our things about us you know yeah but when it comes down to it and what we just spoke about like we needed each other so much and like when push came to shove we had everyone's back yeah whether you liked them or not you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) yeah these
0: these personalities that come through you know it's 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 a small town and but we got through it yeah you know so you know with your next adventure coming i know you've just spent you know a few months i believe in Roatán.
1: i was a star for a couple months ago, yeah.
0: And you kind of felt it out. And like, so you said it's more developed, um, not quite like this. No. It's already on the up and up. Um I mean, what do you foresee for yourself there? And what's, yeah, I mean, why there? I know you said with the diving and your parents, but like.
1: Well, you know, the, <laughs> it's like, I don't know if old age is catching up with me or something, but. Like, the best things about it was the grocery store. (laughs) It's like Whole Foods or something. It's, like, amazing. I walked in there and I was like, holy, it's like winning the freaking lottery. It's like Bob's Red Mill, like, gluten-free flours and, like, turkey bacon and, like, soy cheese and things that I'm all like, oh, my God. How is this in Central America? It's not in Nicaragua yet. And then the other thing is, like, it doesn't have um, hard water.
0: (laughs) The whole town of Iganto has brackish water folks. Yeah, it's like, we, the worst we basically water shower ever. in salt You water. could
1: have the most beautiful hair ever and then come live here and your hair turns to hay. <laughs> and you're like, "What? I, every day you wake up and you have hay hair. Like it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have beautiful flaxen hair again." <laughs> but it's like I can't until I leave and I went there and I washed my hair once and it was amazing and I was like, "Well, I want to live here forever." <laughs> <I can't.
0: laughs> but why know, not like... the state or sorry, Canada? Like why I mean, what what is it about these places like it's just said that addiction that you now have? <sighs> It's just like I don't
1: know how long I'll I'll stay living there or last there, but I kind of want to keep looking. Like, how many of our friends moved to Honduras? Like, I don't feel like barely anyone goes. Like, when I drove through there, I was like, this place is beautiful. Like the Honduran mainland is gorgeous. The um, the landscape, the geography of it. There's beautiful, clean streams everywhere you look. Every ten minutes, there's a stream flowing across the highway. It's just like gorgeous. The forests are beautiful. It's actually a really beautiful country, and I feel like. Everyone's like, "It's so dangerous, Chanel. Don't go." But everyone said that to me when I moved here. So I feel like Honduras, yeah, is definitely not as safe as Nicaragua. But I feel like it's a little bit untapped for me. I don't know. And I always go to Costa Rica. I never go up there. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to go scout it out for a year and see what happens. So
0: pioneer something new in your own way. And
1: I want to, I want to learn it because it's right next door. I never go there. Yeah, I've been to Costa Rica a hundred times. Never been to Honduras. Yeah, and. It's a Caribbean island. It's turquoise water and beautiful... Like, I want to dive. I want to I want to get my dive tickets and do stuff like that. It's just something a little different this year. We'll see what happens next year. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a fun you adventure. Think, are you
0: like searching it. for one thing? Or are no. you just happy just to keep finding that thing until it's not fulfilling anymore and then moving on to the next place?
1: I mean, I, I kind of always feel like I'm always going to want to move on to the next place. But I think this year, some things might change in Canada for me. I might sell my house. And I think I'm going to buy a boat yeah.
0: At the end, of, and like what, next time, captain it yourself and sail around the world, or what?
1: I don't know about sail all around the world, but I'll go, you know, place by place. But I, for me, you know, I always have animals, and so I, I want my own nest that just mm-hmm. moves. Okay. Not me moving the nest. <laughs> like I want it just to be like the dogs and all my stuff goes in the boat to the next town when I'm tired of this one, and then I can come back to this one if I want to in a couple months. Like I, I like the idea of being transient, and I also love the sea, and I grew up on a boat so I feel like it's my where I should be I've always felt that and I've just never really done it because I was kind of nervous to just take on the sea with a boat you know it's like it's a lot of work and it's gonna be a bit scary storms come and you know navigation and stuff I've always had like my dad or another captain or some people more knowledgeable than me so I'm gonna have to really like remember everything I've learned and and learn it again and and get on the new adventure but it's either like you live in a van and move around it's a bit easier. It's driving's easy, but boating is hard. So mm-hmm. I feel like but once you get into it it'll be, you know, a good swing. And I think that's my next step.
0: What kind of boat are you looking for? Like a catamaran or a, a monohull
1: I mean a catamaran would be nice. Dale says there's some good ones from the eighties that are still relatively cheap, so I don't want to spend too much. But I I also like trawlers on my like my mother and father's daughters like you know, reformed fish boats that have a lot of like above deck living space, light, and and I want to do charters. Like we have so many friends that would be like, I'm on a boat and wherever they'll just jump on and go for a week and pay for gas, and that will spend your like life, you know, traveling. <laughs> Someone's gonna pay for your gas to travel, so I want to do that. If I get diving tickets this year, do dive charters, do surf charters, do artist retreats, do whatever. Just. I I want to be able to be more mobile. It's like a, you know, water gypsy wagon, I -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be, I think that's my next year's step.
0: That's cool. Mm -hmm. Because you, what, you just had your 40th birthday. Congratulations. (laughs) You're, you're moving, you're moving on to a new environment. I
1: know. And,
0: you know, I think for a lot of people out there who are stuck in this lifestyle that they're not happy with, Mm -hmm. you know, you've designed something that's incredible. Like you've made conscious decisions moved to Hawaii. You made it work there for a while, Mexico, the van life, Nicaragua. Um, you know, what kind of advice or wise words could you impart on the audience to kind of help them maybe make that first leap?
1: Well, I, I feel like it's so simple and you would just say, just do it, but it isn't because a lot of people have children and mortgages and things, but I think if you this last year has been like probably the hardest year of my life and it's kind of a cool thing to turn like a decade change turn 40 which is super semi painful to say <laughs> 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 but you don't i cancer I I got skin cancer and I had like a really abusive relationship and some mother crap that just kind of makes you look at yourself again and read reassess. And I think you realize even more that life is short and it's kind of, you know, cliche, but it's true. Like you, what do you want or what are you happy with? And I think if you really, if you really want to do anything, you can do it. There are of course restrictions and financial restrictions and family restrictions and things like that. But At least try to, if someone really was like, oh, I wish I had Chapin's life. I wish I had Chanel's life or Dale's life or Cassie or whoever. You just do it in, start in pieces. Just be like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this thing in my life. That's holding me back. Like it was a car or house or something. People are doing it all the time. Now moving into a tiny home instead having financial freedom to do things. You really can survive with a lot less. You can really simplify but it has to be something in your spirit or in your heart that you want because there's something to be said too for having the opposite of what we are to have a beautiful home with a garden and a family and things that are really rewarding for you in that way. Like I feel like maybe missing out on those things a little and i am I'm envious of my friends that have that life and they're envious of the things I have in my life. So someone said to me once, you know, well everyone says the grass is greener, you know it's always greener somewhere else and it's like no the grass is the greenest where you water it so whatever you're doing in life whatever you feel is for you family careers I mean I wish I had a career (laughs) I don't know what that might look like it's so foreign of a concept for me to have like a career and climb a corporate ladder or something I can't even fathom but I feel like those people are smarter than me and (laughs) doing something better than me but then they think you're doing something better than them so If you can really just water the grass around you, the life you're living, that will give you the most fruition. Like that will give you the most benefits, rewards, happiness, love. Love the person you're with. Love the house you live in. Love the boat you live in. Love the beach you're on. Like just whatever you're doing, give it your all, like a job. You have to put a bit of work into your, I mean, a bit of effort into your job. Put a bit of effort into your freaking girlfriend. Put a bit of effort into raising your children. Put a bit of effort into your house. Like pride of ownership, pride of your life. It won't matter. But if you want to get out there and do something else, just do it in increments. Don't, mm-hmm. don't look at it as like a whole. It's like looking at the future in like one giant step. It's too much. Just.
0: Step by step. Yeah,
1: step by step. Take
0: that first trip to Mexico or yeah, take and, that first... But don't st- stay
1: in a resort. Go yeah. do something. Push yourself mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then see how that feels. And if mm-hmm. it's not for you, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. If it is, you're all like, oh, I'm addicted. <laughs> like the rest of us. And then yeah. you'll be on the beach us soon. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that was really well said. And yeah, I think yeah. we always have only three choices in life. You can either choose to accept your situation. You can choose to change the situation you're in. Or you can choose to walk away from it. And yeah. that's all you ever get to choose. Yeah, and so, yeah, if you're it. in a situation that the the grass around you isn't that green, you can't figure out a way to make it greener. You don't really want to water it because you don't fucking like it. <laughs> like, walk away, dude. No shit. And, and maybe not, you know, but I like that what you said. Like, that was really well said. And yeah, yeah. you know, I like water. I'm going to water my grass around me more. <laughs> it's been really Here's nice to talking to you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about your next adventure in uh-huh. Honduras and hopefully see you in the, the crystal clear waters of the Caribbean sometime soon.
1: Yeah, me
0: too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but. When it backed it, it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.